Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including Hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. October brings us the annual communication, a new Grand Master, and potential changes or clarifications to our ritual, rules, and regulations. Ours is an ancient and honorable fraternity, but that does not mean that we are opposed to change, when change is for the good and not just for the sake of change. Our officers, members, and even some prospects have spent time discussing who we are as a Lodge, what each person enjoys about the Lodge, and what types of events and even direction we would like to see our Lodge head. The response was pretty much unanimous in that we see our Lodge as a group of good men who enjoy getting together to share stories, fellowship, and improve ourselves. We discussed the past and some of the bygone days where the Lodge had every seat full for degrees, families were involved, and events were highly attended. Times have changed since then, and we have decided that we must also change as a Lodge. Instead of trying to be something we are not, we have decided to be the best at what we have become. We will therefore continue focusing on ritual, education, and fellowship. We will have family or public events a few times a year, but that will not be our main point of focus. We will instead support our sister lodges and take our ladies to the events offered by other lodges in the area, and we'll hope that they support us for our events as well. The other aspect of change we are looking at has been discussed at length, and was really driven home when we had worshipful Jordan Yelnick speak at our lodge on Freemasonry in the 21st century and beyond. In modern Freemasonry, as was common in the 17th, 18th, and 19th centuries, we are seeing smaller lodges and officers staying in chairs for longer times. For many lodges, gone are the days of a new master every year and a stream of officers ready to step into the line. Instead, now it is more common for the officers to serve as long as needed for the benefit of the Lodge. I am currently in my third term in the East and will continue to serve as needed if elected. There are many other good men in the line who may also sit in the Oriental Chair for more than one term. Speaking for myself, but sharing a line from another past master, you don't truly know the job of master until you've completed your first year of doing it. So where does that leave us? We are a very good lodge that is constantly growing better and stronger. We have a fine group of prospects that has been knocking on our door for several months now and some new members that are staying involved. The group that is at the lodge most every Thursday and many Wednesdays is very tight and very welcoming. We have been making improvements and upgrades to the lodge and have even more planned that will help us increase our rental income as well as put some much needed work into our beloved building. The lodge is still strong, looking forward, and there are many great things still to come. We welcome your feedback, participation, and presence. Thank you. Sincerely and fraternally, Aaron Reddick, past master, higher award recipient, and current worshipful master. God's Guidance It can be said that man is systematic of the earth, just as the trees, mountains, clouds, and the ocean are. But man thinks he is an isolated being. 
as if his role is a disconnected connection. We react to nature. We are a part of nature. But we experience our existence different than natural law. We can move around more freely. We can plan our future, unlike animate creatures. We have a process of changing consciousness and the quality of it. Man, as a creature, is hardwired to be the opposite of the Creator. The Creator is a force that bestows. It gives, and there is nothing we can give back that the Creator doesn't already have. Man is ruled by egoistic development. Everything is calculated to gain the most pleasure for the least amount of work. This is the basis of man's desires and reactions. Man desires to gain and benefit over others and win at all costs. Even when we can't win, having others fail is considered a win. So you may ask, why would God make us this way? Why not make us perfect, or as he would like us to be so we are not corrupt in our ways? If so, then we would be slaves. We would not think on our own. It would be like parents making children exactly as they wish. There would be no work for the children to do. God knew our egos would rule over us so much that he created man on the sixth day and not the first. Imagine if God created man first, then created light, atmosphere, the firmament, dry ground, plants, the sun, the moon, the stars, the birds, the sea animals, and then the Sabbath of rest on day seven. Man would notice all things around him and think, look at all this I created. This is why God created man on the sixth day, so man would think his surroundings existed before his time. So is our path on earth to correct ourselves? Many spiritual teachings indicate that man will eventually come to correctness. This may take a few lifetimes or several. So imagine the thought of incarnation, not reincarnation, that we would suggest coming back as the same thing or person. Incarnation would support the fact of coming back for the sake of correcting ourselves. Work done in this lifetime will benefit us in the next lifetime, and so on. If life is well lived, and spent working on ourselves for the betterment of our fellow man, the incarnation would occur less than someone who lives a life or lives of self-love, ego, and selfishness. So when we pray to God, what are we praying for? Why are we praying? A prayer in Kabbalah is known as a request. If we are asking God for assistance in life, is it for our benefit? Would we ever ask to act as God's servants to do his work? Since our ego doesn't think to do for others before ourselves, this is why our journey to correctness takes so long. Let us recap. We believe in a God. We know he oversees us. We understand that there is no direct, visible, or tangible connection to God. And as Masons, we share the same view that the great architect of the universe is ever-present. So when will we begin the process of finding God? What is the formula? How will we grow to understand what our roles are with God? There is no starting point because we don't have a reference to go off of. We should not imagine a man with a long white beard. God is a force, not a human figure, so it is left to interpretation. But whose? And so we keep going in circles. To add to the great debate, how does one contact God? How do you build on that relationship? It comes down to belief, but not blind faith. Your self-realized truths or revelations are what you will believe. Not a pastor, a website, a book of holy writing, or parishioners within an edifice. 
All of that will remain under skepticism until you come to your own conclusion. That's when you will believe. Is it an image that you need in order to believe? You have an image of Christ, Mary of Guadalupe, Moses, St. Joseph, etc., but you never met those figures. You only know of them because they were mentioned in the Bible and shown in illustrations. So was God, but there is no image of him. No holy writings, hermetic teachings, or spiritual studies have an image of God. Maybe that's why so many people believe in a religion and Jesus Christ, but not so much in God. I would say God is the most important figure. He is the boss's boss. I am a believer in going straight to the source. If a figure is considered so paramount and epic in Holy Scripture, and there is a creator who made that person, my main focus is on the Most High, creature and creator. Less between those two, the better, in my opinion. Would you like to find God, or would you be satisfied just living life and accept he may or may not know when you die? To me, that doesn't sound like the purpose of life. I would even go so far as to say God made a mistake in that equation, but I doubt that he did. I would say it is our ego that prevents us from finding the secret to life. Bringing Brotherly Love into the Relief When an out-of-town mason fell on hard times, his blue lodge and the service he hardly knew about were there to help. Although it's been more than 40 years since Nami Bonner recited his Master Mason ritual, he can still recall with clarity the lessons it imparted on him. The notion of brotherly love really stuck with me, Bonner says. All these many years later, Bonner finally saw what it looks like in practice. Bonner has been active in masonry and its attendant orders over the course of his long career in the transportation industry. But, because he's had to move frequently for work, he has not always been able to attend lodge meetings. However, he always retained membership in his Blue Lodge, Alhambra Lodge No. 322 in Northeast Los Angeles. Bonner moved back to California in 2007, but ultimately settled in Hemet, 90 miles away. In 2012, Bonner suffered a major back injury that put him out of work. Before long, money became tight and everyday bills began to pile up. That's when he received an unexpected call from the secretary of Alhambra Lodge. Although Bonner hadn't attended meetings in years, he'd heard about Bonner's situation and asked if he could put him in touch with the Masonic Outreach Services. I never knew we had anything like MOS, Bonner says, but now it's become one of the greatest things for me. Once in touch, case managers with MOS coordinated assistance for Bonner and members of Alhambra Lodge were able to help him pay off monthly bills like his utilities and car insurance. It was small stuff, Bonner recalls, but it made a huge difference. That alone was enough to sell Bonner on the value of the service, but it wasn't the last time he'd need help. Earlier this year, Bonner was again in a predicament. His sister in Florida felt seriously ill and reached out to him for assistance. If I was going to see my sister before she died, I needed to get there quickly, he says. Bonner called his case manager, Randy Whitley, to see what could be done. At first, I wasn't sure if his lodge would be able to help him, she recalls, but one call to the master of Alhambra Lodge, Hugo Lara, put her at ease. Before I even had a chance to tell him much, Hugo interrupted me and said, you don't need to sell us on the idea, it's our duty to help our brother. Before long, Whitley was able to arrange an airline ticket and Bonner was off to Florida. I got to spend one full week with my sister, Bonner says. In addition to the travel costs, members of the lodge helped pay for groceries while he was back east. I can't tell you what it meant to me, Bonner says. 
It was a blessing from God and the fraternity. I don't know how I will ever be able to give back to the fraternity as much as it's given me these past few years. To attend a lodge outreach program training or learn how your lodge can partner with MLS, call 888-466-3642. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.